goodbye. The magic of television. <laughs> and uh, Alrighty. Hello, uh, welcome everyone to Follow Podcast episode 91. They made such a fuss about giving it to me, but I spend more time getting it turned down. It's a futile fall showdown. 525 songs went head to head and we are in round two. Thank you to the annotated fall. Few track record, oh brother. Puritans falling fives. Church of the Fall and all them what fall. Joined as always by Pip, Billy, Willie Rugby. The tour is pursued. Philip, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Matt. I've uh, I was a bit worried to be honest with you at the start, though, because I was uh, I I've spent the last three days catching up on all the different versions of the Chisellers, Chillers, Chillinist, and <laughs> eventually got there. Though I've listened to them all, so I'm good. Very good, very good. And you know, deep in the essence of Tong, no doubt as well. Um, Lord Sage Temple's not not turned up. He's in the forest somewhere. But Shyamalan Walker is definitely in that realm. How are you doing, Alistair? I'm good, yeah. I brought a clicky pencil and oil as well. So Very we go. good. You know my feelings on that. Um, Marky, tiny Tim Twatois, is he with us? He's rattled on through from the other side, yeah. Brilliant. And uh, I'm Treebeards O'Shaughnessy. I think I'll duck my kit off for all the trouble it's got me in. Patron chippings from Leon Jumble Sale, Michael and the Max W. And we got a guest. Brilliant. We got Lola from um, the Fallen Women Band. Hello, Hello. Lola. How are you doing? I am. Uh... I'm pretty good. Nice. And we have to do the fake intro now, like we haven't already been talking for like 20 minutes. But uh, where are you joining us from today? I'm I'm joining you from Drizzly, Dublin this morning. Okay, beautiful. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of your history with the fall and, the, and this project that you've got uh, going on. Um, well, now my history with the fall, I suppose I would be of the age where I got interested in the fall in the BRICS era being a teenage girl and seeing this really cool woman on guitar um, and, and, and thinking like, gosh, and also not just the fact that she was in one of the coolest bands in the world, but the fact that she had this other side project who sounded nothing like The Fall as well, yeah. you know, that she had this completely balanced um, musical existence. So I think when I first uh, heard The Fall, it's probably Harry Road Elastic Man on pirate radio, and I probably wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. It was one of those like, what is what is this and do I like it? So it was probably, yeah, it was probably Brick's era fall. It was when I got really into them. Um, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a completist now. So uh, I've got a bunch of albums and I saw them a bunch of times and I do pay, play a bunch of their songs with the Fallen Women. So the deal with that is um, we were formed, uh, um, I think it was the, the Quietest Magazine, um, had a bash for Marquis e. Smith's 60th. He wasn't there or anything. We just right. they just had a bash for it. So it was um the they just decided, oh well let's let's um uh, get an all-female fall karaoke band to play at this one event. And um I got roped in on keyboards and um so I have the easiest job in the band. It's great. Um uh, but uh, so yeah so we, we kept doing it and obviously since the fall are no longer a band you can go and see. I think a lot of people are really enjoying our gigs as a uh, as a kind of a, a way of hearing the music yeah. you know, live still. And also, obviously, interacting with it themselves and singing it themselves as well, you know. 
I think that's the thing, right? I watched a bunch of the videos and it just looks like so much fun to be able to play. And and I, I think I listened to a version of Free Range where your keyboards are absolutely like <laughs> amazing. They're like this yeah, yeah, that's noise a, coming through. That, yeah, that's a fun one to play. Now, I, mean, I think I first heard about, you know, because you had a few celebrity guests up and, yes. and singing. So I'm going to play a little bit of... Uh, so I think one of the people you had singing was, it was a guy called Stuart Liu. I think he's some Indeed. kind of comedian who's basically built his whole like career in ripping off Marky Smith and the fall. So I think this is I think this is really good. But you, you did an awesome version of Winter. So if you don't mind I'll play. Yeah no be great. Smith let himself go, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> but you should play a bit more of that though, because once the actual band kicks in, all right, it's I've fantastic. Got <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things that jumps out. The musicianship is great. It's spot on. And that's, I mean, for, for the versions that you try and do karaoke, they're they're amazing. I mean, you got some great noises from Charlie Stone on guitar there, though. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is you know, actually, I, I, I just make random noises on that track and just go, meh, 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 meh. I don't have to do much on that track at all. But yeah. That's kind of, I mean, we're talking to Uli, obviously, and that's her her. Yeah, that's, she, she created that basically yes yes it's true yeah yeah i was gonna ask you do you do any of the, the ones where you've got like um like the, the hex songs were with the two drummers like with one drummer uh yeah well we do so we have two drummers so uh yeah 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 so uh, so it's it's um yeah we have two drummers so we even add drummers to songs that don't have two drummers on oh, you you broke his heart though he's obviously <laughs> trying to get in there for a game do you need three you drummers? Do you need a third drummer? <laughs> Let's crack on with the first songs and we'll ask you a bit more about it as we go on, hopefully. But the first song up tonight is a Young Nev's Antidote, which is off of Marshall Suite 1999. Philip, if you if you don't mind. I will if you uh, flick the Don't control it, don't it mate. Don't it. No, I've not. I've not, have I? You've not? Every week. How much is? Mm-hmm. Every week. 91 episodes in. All right, off you go.
nice and big B action. Philip has his customary and coming to you. What do you make of that? Oh, it's it's flipping epic, isn't it? It's huge. It's it's such a crazy bag of records that album, isn't it? It's uh, it's all over the place. But this one, it's uh, I think it's a really great example of how they can turn the hand to any style of music and knock it out of the park. Um, I was. I, I was quite intrigued actually earlier on this morning when you put the uh, the peel version I think on, haven't you? Which uh, you, you probably brought in a bit, which is so different in in so many ways, but is also quite similar in a really bizarre way. This this need for it to be expansive as a tune, um, and I really like the lyrics as well. I think the, the the some of the points that he's kind of kicking around in this abstract and bleak way. Um, are both funny but but also quite impactful as well as uh, so I think it's a great tune. It's a great way to start the day off today. Let's have a listen to um, let's have a listen to that if you don't mind that first one. All right, mate, got it. Alright. Oh, hold on, that's Puff Daddy featuring Jimmy Page. But um, now let's have a listen to the, let's have a listen to the Peel session. It's kind of interesting how they they just strip it right down to the beat essentially. Lola, what do you make of this this tune? Um, yeah, I, this one I wasn't familiar with actually, and um, I've just recently read the otherwise the the uh, the film script. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think if it was ever made, that would have to be on the soundtrack because it's so menacing and um, in a in a really kind of a vague way. It's like you know, there's something you know, horrible about to happen, but you don't know what, you know. And now I'm thinking, hearing, because I never heard the, the Peel version until just now, I'm thinking, you know, you would open with the album version, you know, as 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 you set the scene yeah. of the, you know, the, the rural recording studio, and then you would uh, cut to the fall playing that version, <laughs> you know, the Peel version in the recording studio. Uh, yeah, no, and there's a, there is a definite um, resemblance to uh, Cashmere. I ain't gonna, ain't gonna lie, the the uh, one that's sampled by Buff Daddy, and um, but also just reminded me of the kind of um, uh, the the more dark, the darker end of kind of nineties trip hop stuff that was happening then. So that was obviously, um, I wouldn't say that's what he was channeling. He was probably, you know, uh, showing people, yeah, we can do that, but even better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got kind of that big beat trip hop 90s kind of stuff. And and again, I think one of the songs later, Julie Adamson talks about how um, it was made on Pro Tools. And I think this one probably was yeah. as well. And you can tell that Smith's voice has been chopped to fit. Yes. To be in time. It's not yeah, something that yeah. he, he likes to be, but it, it works really well. Yeah. In terms of um, 
the otherwise that's a really interesting thing i wonder if anyone might yeah. ever turn that into a, a film or even a, a play I'd say you'd have to find somebody to play marky smith though and how difficult would that be I know. Well, you're doing the auditions right now. You know, there's you, you've seen enough people have <laughs> a go. True. This is true. <laughs> have, you, have you had anyone who has anyone really like stepped up and blown it out of the park? You think there's there's, there's at least somebody in out at every gig who who was surprisingly good. But I think um, I don't I don't think we have quite found the person who could play Mark in a in in a an adaptation of of the otherwise yet. You know. Yeah. He'll be stood at the back, yeah. scowling, one not he? Exactly, that's, that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Taking notes, yeah. 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 I was going to say, um, that black and white photograph that accompanies that peel antidote version is the kind of thing that the Joker has nightmares about, isn't it? It's that, that sneer <laughs> on his face and that absolute look of menace. Well, I was going to say, uh, Philip, is that, um, you, you know, talking of place, there's my Richard Madeley link, you and Alistair, um, achieved the dream last weekend. Do you want to tell us a little bit about? Uh... Yeah, we uh, we did Hey Luciani. Was uh, <gasps> you guys? Yeah. Okay, yeah, these, yes, I know a few two, people. Yeah. I know a couple of people who went to that. Yes. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got we we sold out both shows because we, we we sold out the evening and then we had to put matinee on as well. So Presswich have been Presswich Arts Festival have been. Um, Absolutely fantastic with this Pete in particular, who did the sound for us and the lights on the night. Uh, and the venue as well, which I want to give a big shout out to, which is the Fur Institute and Working Men's Club in Presswich, which is if anybody like us who likes putting on your own DIY type shows, I'd strongly recommend getting in touch with John and Sue there. They're absolutely brilliant. It's a great, great venue. And we had um, a couple of uh, cool guests come down as well. One of which Alice has already mentioned, Una Baines, managed to get down to the evening show, did a stage inversion in her own inimitable way. And uh, we had Funky Side down in the afternoon as well. Brilliant. And apparently Julia uh, Adamson was there as well. And I'm absolutely gutted that I didn't get a chance to say hello to her. But um, we had a really, really good response. We had lots of very kind words said afterwards. And we've um, we've even had a bit of correspondence with the family as well, haven't we, about the show and stuff. So it's all in all, it's been a, an amazing experience. And we're really glad that everyone was really positive about it and enjoyed it. Because it's, you know, it's not that it's... <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like a modernist art sort of uh, performance type thing, but everybody had a good time. So, yeah, yeah. It was great. There is, I hear, a video out there, but whether or not that will be made available, only time will tell. There are rumours circulating around. Exactly. Do you think you might bring it down to that London at some stage? Oh, it'd be up to the family, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like that, it's uh, they've been very sweet and kind and let us yeah. do this sort of one off thing, yeah, uh, yeah for yeah. Arts Festival. But uh, I think we'd have to have a chat with them, yeah, yeah. but I, I think what's interesting now is with the, the kind of event that you put on, plus um, Jerry Thackeray, um, Everett True is doing his Night of Fall songs, and then we've got um, Steve who's done Church of the Fall. So I think maybe a, a weekend, a festival, you yes. know. Yeah, just just spitballing here you know but we'll see <laughs> Al Alistair tell us did you enjoy the performance and what do you think of this song you were amazing hey. by the way as Marcinkus thank you very much sir uh, opus there another Latin mutterings um, <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a lot of fun to do it was all like quite nervous about it really because uh, you know you had like we knew the people from far were coming down and it, it, it's like Something that's not been done for ages. Is it, there's a bit of like kind of a, it's in the myth and legend kind of thing, but just sort of like on the in it. And um, 
what you've done with sort of like taking Conkerton's transcript um, and put it into a script itself is, is like a bit of an achievement. And uh, I think even more of an achievement is us trying to make it so it's kind of comprehensible. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Good. good show all, all right, right, lads. Good, good reflection over. We can move on with our lives. What do you think of this song, Young Nev's Antidotes? Great production on it, and this like really, really spacious. Um, you know, it's kind of like multi-textured thing going on with loads of great little noises in there over that sort of like heavy lead zep groove, and then you got Mister Smith shouting over the top of it. So, next to complain about there, Brendan. It's really good stuff, isn't it? And especially mm. when you think of the time period. That's a transition, you know, from Levitate, Marshall, Sweet, and Utterable. That's a huge amount of mess and stuff going on in the lives of people but it's a great track um michael leon patron said it's a lovely album track that chugs along just the right length faint praise there michael i think whereas max has said young nevs <laughs> young nevs tmf do moby dick everything's in the red and sounds great and you do have them when the levy breaks drums along with the the riffage from um neville wilding it's, it's good stuff and and i think the pro tools are used to great effect I, i'd like it to do a little bit more it's like i was watching that puff daddy thing and i'm like you've got jimmy page guesting and he doesn't do a guitar solo i, I needed a big guitar solo over this this tune to really uh make it go somewhere but oh no you're just wrong brendan you're, you're, a, you're a horrible animal Repetition. There's no room for repetition. We want expansion. The wacky sports. You no, know what though? It's never, never. While his guitar is, he's absolutely great on that album. Full stop. He's, he did such a good job of just coming yeah. in and doing something that was that was fall esque and his own thing as well. But it's uh, and it's it, it doesn't really put a foot wrong on it. I'd love to it's talk to him. I, I, it would be good. I take your point. It's it sort of sets its stall. It doesn't do anything else, does it? No. Does it need sure. to though? I don't think it needs to. We'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> no, but I've got, got to find some grits for the pearl, haven't we? <laughs> it's nice. It's good. It's good. And um, the wacky sports teacher and big fat bullies in the class, he tolerates their dads on teams. It's a carry on, sir, country. Head scales on the face before he even reached the sports minister, thanks to a country that's so secondary modern. Beautiful stuff. Let's move on to what it's up against, no, which is let's not. Let's no, I'll tell you what, what does what does right. what does <laughs> what does Tim think? I say for the 91st time. What does Tim think? He says a rancid slice of overloaded nastiness and possibly one of the best, worst recorded things in the catalogue. Maybe the most bombastic thing they did too. It stinks of a cut and paste job, but I am rather fond of it. I like how it spits and snarls. Yes, indeed, indeed. But it is up against the lumpen mass that took the longest ever to record, possibly chillinism, the chiseler's chillinist interlude. Let's have a listen. Yeah, 
Nice, nice, nice. Lola, what do you reckon to Chisler's suite? Well, I think the edited version is definitely an example of, uh, yes, why, why some false songs need to be edited, I think. Because um, it works, the single version works a lot better, I think. I mean, you know, in the, in the context of the album, the, the longer version is, is fine. But, um, but yeah, no, I love, I think it's it's a very good example of what Bricks uh, brought to both of the eras that she was in. Because it's like, you know, it's heavy, it's got that amazing riff, but then it has this very sweet pop chorus singing something really nasty, you know. And um, before I started, I, I only listened to this casually before I listened to it for this podcast. And in Ireland, uh, a chiseler is a child. So like a, it's like saying a nipper right. or a rugrat or whatever. So, um, I, you know, I, I think it's re- reading on the annotated fall. I think it's more in Manchester. It means more kind of like, I don't know, like a, a, a swindler or a. That's kind of my a, take on that. That's yeah. what I've heard before. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, so so a chiseler would just be like, you know, have you got any chiselers? I mean, have you got any kids? So okay. on first listen, it would it would be it sounds like somebody who's pissed off because the the clubs are going to the place they their places are going to are being taken over by kids. You know, nice. dry dry humping kids on the dance floor, like you which, know, which so is in it, line with Smith's kind of uh, approach. Yeah, but I'm sure that's not what he meant. You know, but interestingly, towards the end, when he kind of when he kind of shouts "Chislers," it does sound like he's saying it in a Dublin accent as well. Okay. Chislar, Chislars, and I do know that he had like Irish drinking buddies that he used to to hang out with. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it is if there is that double meaning to it. Chisler's he is desperate, the ninth richest. The stones are short. Mr. Grumbly with a white Ferrari is short, giving you hard looks in the long, long Yeltsin days. So See, I've fun. no idea what he's going on about for the lyrics of this. Are really Pretty dumb. abstract, isn't it? Yeah, and like the whole, like, you know, uh, Pink Floyd are short, the stones are short. I mean, Pink Floyd are actually quite tall. Are they, are they short? Is he saying they're short in um, artistic stature or... Coming, pulling up short in some way. I don't know. Earlier than this, that both of those bands went through periods where they where they were broke. My, I think when Roger right, Waters, short of money, right? Yes, yeah, so Roger yeah. Waters sued Pink Floyd when he left. My my auntie, weirdly enough. My only showbiz connection is she worked as part of his team at some point. Oh, wow. And she was let go during the period when when he left Pink Floyd and then they were suing each other, Waters and Gilmore. So it, it could Your be this. worked for Roger Waters? Yeah. God, that must be a depressing job, mustn't it? God, he's not exactly Mr. Party, is he? <laughs> no, and he, he likes Reef. to, he's not not against giving his opinion, is he, about uh, about certain things? But let's not get Come too on, far. Come on, Rog. <laughs> Has ever been to Murphy? I have heard that interview actually, Alistair. You know, it's a it's a good it's a good a good one. We'll have to do an episode on that at some point. What do you make, <laughs> Alistair, of the song The Chiselers? Um. So I've got a, a mouthful of my breakfast. Um, it's one of the better ones from Light User. What are you uh, having now? What are you having for your breakfast? It's like a vegan sausage bam cake with chips and... Uh, not chips, with t- beans on toast. Breakfast of champions. Oh, That's yeah, good. yeah. I, d- I didn't even cook it myself. Even better. Uh, yeah, Light User, it's not one of my favourite LPs, tell truth, like, uh, but it's one of the better ones from it. do you like the drums on it, but it does remind me a little bit of Golden Earring. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. it rolls along. Uh, nice simple guitar riff. In the, the phrase chiselers, uh, I think they 
I recall it from a, a Marx Brothers film. Uh, so that's going back to like the 1940s or something like that. Um, and that was in the sort of like a, like a swindler kind of context. Yeah. Indeed. But I want to have a little bit of a listen to the other bits of it. The, yeah, I think you're right, Lola, that the best version is the straight ahead edited down, but it takes some interesting turns along yeah. the way. And the, the story is that they just kept coming back to it like months, month after month. And and at one point, Craig Scanlon bought a, a clarinet from a charity shop and was playing it on, on, on at one point. And this is the very last thing he did because he, he was gone, but basically... By the time the album came out, he, he was, he's not on like user syndrome. So, that's this nice. Uh... Jazz Odyssey going on before I very asked. It's got it's got a bit of that exquisite corpse thing going on, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? When you fold the tape up and pass it over to somebody else. But yeah. it also reminds me of that uh jobless and couples 30 uh track. You know what I mean? Where they're trying he's trying to do something that's a bit well, I guess it's almost like going back to a narrative form, isn't it? In in his writing, it's collage, but, isn't it? Almost, yeah, but yeah. I think the jobless one, which is much later, right, right towards the end, works really well. This, this has got its moments, but it's a kitchen sink, absolute mess, but uh, very sweet mess. Point out that Brendan is available for children's birthday parties <laughs> on wedding DJing slots. Well, I got banned God. from the shooter, didn't I? That time because you've been banned a few times. It was, and it, it said you're never playing here again, ever. Whatever, it's closed now, anyway. But you know, whatever. So the raw chiseling, blah 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 blah. It's great. What do other people think of it? Michael E says this was a single, but it shouldn't have been. I do like it. And then he tells us what he's going to vote for. And Max says the double kit beat Groose along and Bricks brings some chewed. I love a false ending. I do think Bricks is trying really, really hard and does the best stuff on this song. Um, and everybody else is, they, it doesn't seem like they know what they're trying to do. For his, for his every interesting turn they take, you're still hanging on for Bricks's vocal as the hook for the whole mm. thing, aren't you? No matter what they do with it, that's the only thing really that would end up on a proper record. Mm. It's a shit. It's a shame Ezra's not here today, actually, because he's changed my opinion on this record. I hated it the first time we did it, <laughs> and uh, he really talked me round on it. But I'm glad he's not here, actually, so I don't have to say that in front of him because <laughs> you don't yeah. like him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I don't like any we, of you. <laughs> shall we? Shall we take a vote? 
it is um young i'll tell you what i think what like. do you think phil what do you think to this song it's another one of these mezzy's words isn't it the, the whole chiseler thing it's a bit like a slates isn't it and the way that he uses that early yeah. on that's what it got me thinking of and uh the the line about uh boris yeltsin is is like a bit of a comment about 90s Russia, isn't it and about all the chiselers that were around there taking money out of the coffers uh, under Yeltsin's watch, I think is what he's getting at. And that the other the other thing, which again is like a traditional fall thing, isn't it? It's about him having a go at people like that in the music industry because it's it's like all of hollows it out. <coughs> I remember reading an interview, I can't remember where it's from, but there was an interview with him. He but he went to America and he was in a taxi and the, the, the taxi cab driver was asking him who he was. And he goes, oh, I'm a musician. And he goes, oh, yeah, I had some some other English musicians in here last week. And they were all talking about 5% this and 10% that. And he said, oh, yeah, who was it? And he said, it's Coldplay. And he, like, uses that <laughs> as a way of having a dig at them. It's like, being, it's business first and music second kind of thing. And I, I, that's what I took from this song is he's having a pop at those people who hollow out the culture bit and just, just interested in the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. It's... Let's have a let's now now come over the film. Yes, yes, Brendan, I sure. All right, because that's why we're here at the end of the day, trying to systematically work out what the best song is. Um, Antidotes or um, what the the other one, Chiselers. Phil, which way are you going? I am characteristically going for Chiselers. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. Uh, Lola, which way are you going? (laughs) It, it's a close call, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Chiselers for the bricks factor. Indeed, nice, yeah. nice. Getting worried now. Ezra's gone for Chiselers. I knew he was. We knew he He loves Chiselers. He loves it. Alistair, which way are you going? I'm gonna go for a bit of antidote. Uh, I think Marshall Sweet's a far better LP than. Uh, that's true. Uh, light user, and that's a good example of it. Nice. Michael Lee has gone for Young Nev, and which way is Max gone? He's also gone for Young Nev. So the deciding vote is coming down to Tiny Tim. Oh, 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 oh. No, he's a bit of a loose cannon, isn't he, on these is I, I think we've got it. I think we've got it. Yeah, antidotes Ooh. three, chiselers two. It wins. Justice is served. I've lied. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure it'll come back in the second chance bag. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a listen to Lie Dream of Casino Soul. How about this, right? We always talk about Mark pulling the strings. Wigan Casino's first night was 50 years ago this week. Unbelievable. And uh, let's have a listen. Brendan was there as well. Was he good enough? I was there, lad. It was all right. Nice indeed. Yes, it's a, a song about our hometown. Who would have thought it? Alistair, what do you make of this tribute to God's country? Well, I like it, but getting back to the uh, 50th anniversary thing, it was uh, quite funny. It was on the BBC News covering it, and they were all in Blackpool. Fuck off. <laughs> Twisted wheel, isn't it? 
That's it. Don't pay for your license anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to say they just stopped about ten years ago. Um, yeah, I really like it. Um, you know, the, the Tom Heavy start, lovely kazoo's, the keys that are just so like, oh man, it's like somebody's murdering him, but in a beautiful way, beautiful murder. Um, but yeah, it's got a really weird groove. It gets more melodic towards the end, uh, but the end's fucking ass. Like, like I like the hand claps, kazoo's. Very kind of melodic as well. Uh, great structure, and uh, I love how the song keeps on changing. It's uh, top draw stuff for like uh, early fall. Uh, I think they they're showing a lot of competence, and you know, like uh, it's cohesive. But it is Katie. I think yeah, it gets the spirit of Northern Soul without it sounding like Northern Soul. <laughs> it, it has the propulsive kind of like sweat dripping from the ceiling. The the the, the wiry riffage. It does. It has that speed-driven energy, right? Which is which is nice. And like you know, I'm glad they approached it this way rather than doing a, a Northern Soul knockoff. But they did do a Northern Soul knockoff later, right? Was it Bound? They had to go Bound, and um, that that didn't come off as well. So I think they they really uh, is it's a fantastic single. Lola, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, I mean it's one. It's a really good example of early fall. I think. Yeah, I mean, we don't do The Fallen Women, but it would definitely be on my list. We do do The B-Side. We do Fantastic Life. So, oh, um, that's a great it would, tune. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I would love to play that keyboard part. It's fantastic. It's not much to it, but it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, just um, it's, it's a frequent earworm of mine every time I pass a casino, even though I know it's not about an actual casino. I know it's about the casino. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm frequently, I, I don't, I don't think casinos are semi-legal in Ireland. So like, I think you have to say that they're a private members club. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's just, yeah, you can't, you can't fault it really it's it's uh just simplicity but as you say it builds and it changes without you actually uh yeah it was nice nice to revisit it nice to, to have an excuse to, to listen to it really loud yes yeah indeed yeah. the snoopy keys are not in it very much they come in on the break but they're really well utilized yeah, it just yeah, yeah. punctuates it yeah yeah philip what do you reckon to this funny i wrote on my notes actually great sense of breaks it's almost like it's the mm. breaks that make this cheery it's so rich. There's loads of great moments in it, both lyrically and musically, that, that you know, you're kind of you're waiting waiting out for. There's like these huge dollops of surrealness in it as well. The whole dream sequence bit in the middle, which reads more like some kind of Clive Barker or got <laughs> E horror story slapped yeah. in the middle, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. This weird druggy sort of uh, symptom that sat in the middle of it all, and the, this strange declarations that he makes about you know uh, dismembering himself and stuff. It's it's like these horrible drug hangover type things that he's. It's the whole part of the song, isn't it? It's like don't believe the fantasies about what it was all like. It was you know it's it's still a guilty drug lifestyle at the end of the day. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's quite a good film about Wigan Casino that's got Steve Coogan in it as a cameo which I would I, I expected nothing from it and quite enjoyed because but I know my dad went I think your dad went when Brendan into the yeah, casino yeah. the whole sort of Wigan swimming pool the morning after and all that kind of <laughs> thing. And, uh, it's it was a big chunk of our heritage isn't it so you'll have to sorry you'll have to explain that to me they, so the people who've been at the club will go to the swimming pool the well, next day to try to try and cleanse the themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I could see that would be a thing. To the club, and then yeah. afterwards you go to the, sw the swimming pool open just as the club was finished. <laughs> like, like, so you go have a shower, have a swim, and then yeah, and swim, then go yeah, to cover. And then yeah, they'd be, uh, right for the day, probably have a pint before they went to bed. But yeah, you're right. The um the weird dream sequence in the middle. That's kind of uh, that's probably what's what happened to your mind and your dreams. You know, midweek. 
when you're uh, when when you're recovering from the excesses of the weekend before yeah. it all starts again. Oh, I don't know. An innocent like me couldn't possibly comment on such things. <laughs> no, no, me neither. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> well, well, apropos of nothing, let's have a listen to um, a little bit of Northern Soul. So apparently the very first song that was ever played at the, at the uh, All Nighter was Put Your Arms Around Me by the Sherry's. Controversial, if you're out there. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Well, I don't know. I just I wasn't even born, lad. Um but let's have a listen. And and of course, as I, as I like to point out, whenever this comes up, uh, Wigan Casino was voted the best disco in the world in 1978, beating out um, Studio 50, whatever. Is there any boy? And roll. You know what? Oh, right. I meant to send you some photographs this week, Brendan, because I went to Wigan Museum this week. Oh. And they've, they've got a show on of uh, different musical performances that have been on at Wigan. Did you did you know that? That's brilliant. You know what? If if you, you and I talked about writing a play once about the history of Wigan music, if only we'd have fin- oh, we did finish it. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Oh, didn't we should have we should have thought about putting it on at Wigan Library. Yeah, don't get, me, don't get me started, Philip Rigby. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's brilliant. Um, Leon says the Falls Wigan Soul Stomp, obviously one of their best. MES typically neither praising or trashing the weekend proclivities of the Northern working class. He realized that Northern Soul was about placing your identity and hopes in a culture that really belonged to black communities across the Atlantic. And that was a lie dream. He's this clever lad, that Leon, isn't he? Um, Michael says, uh, I think this combined with, with Fantastic Life might be the best seven inch the fall ever did. There's a very good case for that. While Max says, another double kick groove. What a banging beat, Daddy O. But what does Tim think while we're while we're reading out lots and lots of stuff from people in our ear? Well, he has tapped on through just lovely stuff. That whiny keyboard bit is genius distilled and combined with the incomplete incompetent clapping and the overall arrangement going into the jangly chorus and out again. It's totally alienating in just the right way. It's never struck me just how weird this song is before them, quite apart from the other stuff from this time. Great, great shit. Fantastic. Yeah. Alistair, have you told us? You have, haven't you? I think I've asked everybody now. No idea what's going on, to be honest. And I didn't even mention that story of the lad who tried to have sex with a postbox in Wigan or the one who <laughs> shit on the, the dance floor shitter. But I think I'll get a chance to talk about that in the next round. It's up and there, was a, there was the guy who was having sex with a cone in the uh, lift at Wigan train station as well. Having but sex I'm... with a traffic cone or, or an ice cream cone? <laughs> oh, well, Not which kind of cone? It's one of those uh, cones that they put down when they've been mopping the floor. Oh, right, oh, yeah, okay. Like uh, a little floor, one. The floor, a yeah, caution, wet floor cone. Mm-hmm. Mid-size. Okay, yeah, whatever whatever you're into. Very liberal place, we you? <laughs> it's up against ste- stepping out from the live at the Electric Circus. Uh, <laughs> I used to believe I used to believe 
pretty sweet, Philip. What do you reckon to that one? Oh, it's a bit punky, isn't it? It's a bit punky that. Uh, it's I, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of time for this just because it's got that really youthful sense of Jordi V about it. It's it's out of all the moronic riffs that come out of this time, uh, as Al might describe them. I, I I think this is probably my favourite one. It's probably the most moronic out of all of them. <laughs> Um, it's really infectious. The lyrics are probably the weakest bit for me in this. It's a bit sick form, isn't it? It's a bit sort of uh, bit juvenile, I think, the, the actual lyrics. But musically and energetically, it's a great little listen. It's a proper little gem for me. I think it's another one of those early ones where Smith was singing someone else's lyrics. That I, 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 yeah. uh, Didn't Una say it was Tony Freely? Yeah, and that, that seems to be backed by a bunch of things. So it seems like Tony Freel basically wrote the whole thing. Yeah. That makes mm. sense. Yeah, it, it's a very different style. And I spent about 20 minutes listening to every Joy Division song this afternoon, trying to work out which one it was aping because it, it, it I, the closest I got, I think, was um, was Transmission. It was just, that- in, in my mind, it's got such a clear Joy Division. But obviously, they were they were playing with Joy Division, who hadn't really written those albums yet. So it was... Because um, they weren't yet Joy Division at the time. And on the LP, you got a... Uh... Bernard uh, Sumner going, y'all forgot Rudolph Hess. <laughs> yes. Problematic, wasn't he, Bernard, mm, at yes. times? Lola, what do you make of... Uh, well, I think I'm, uh, the first thing I think, it's not Joy Division, but the Stooges, when I oh, hear yeah, this, yeah. It's, yeah. Very, it's very, it's definitely, it's um, 1970, really, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's slightly... Uh, and yeah, I think I think Phil's right. It's, it's, it is a, it's a great moronic riff, but the, it is let down by the, the lyrics, you know. I mean, you know, if it wasn't The Fall and it was just some other random you know, uh, punk or post-punk band, I'd think, yeah, this is brilliant. But it's just, it's kind of like like Last Orders, but not as good. Mm. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't quite uh, go to as many places as Last Orders does, but it's very much the same. We hold the fall to just higher standards, like we're saying, yes, okay, exactly. from, from other bands, that would be okay, but it's not acceptable. There's a, there's a great clip of Julian Cope talking about how they then stole this song for their their song yes. uh, reddit in books which i guess is an early teardrop explodes b-side and he yeah. he plays it live in the at his live show and then yeah. segues into it um, i also think it'd be it would be great to play this to do a cover of this and segue into the other stepping out the joe jackson um, i was pop. trying to resist playing too many other songs i've started recently to go off on far too many detours but i was like that i love stepping out by joe jackson it's way yeah. better than this but i can't justify oh, but they're it. Both great. it would be it would be great to start off playing this and then uh, you know live and then segue into like the smooth smooth joe jackson version yeah. you know what i'm doing it i'm gonna play it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not bothered my you podcast can resist everything apart from temptation Such a great tune. Oh. See, even a good version of it. Here we go. Oh, yeah. That's better. I think that's about as much I can get away could, with. But you could continue singing the uh, the, the Marky Smith bit over those beats. Continue Let's do it. I used to believe. I used to believe. I used to believe. 
Joe, Joe wins. I'm very happy we got to do some karaoke while you're here, though. <laughs> that's, that's yes. Phil, what do you think? I've asked you. I have no idea. I'm too excited with all these things. Did you ask Alistair? I don't know, Alistair. Did you I don't say know if I'm going to bother actually this for this one. We skip him on a few. Alistair, what do you make? What do you make of stepping out? Well, the first thing I've got written down here is a moronic riff. Um, <laughs> right, precog. Eunice <laughs> keys are great on it. Uh, drums are bang on. I've got a soft spot for this one. Like, in, uh, no matter what Phil says about punk, I quite like some punk stuff. Yeah. Uh, punk. Uh, uh, but it's really energetic. Um, and, you know, you might kind of like criticise the lyrics, but I never really listen to them anywhere. So it's sort of. Uh, don't affect me too much. Uh, but yeah, nice bouncy tune. Dead early fall. Brilliant. Dead, dead early. Big yeah. witch trials. And it's, it's still all right. Yeah, it's nice. It's a straight ahead song and it, it's a nice uh, early punky tune. And I really like the twists and turns it takes. It's a really nice structure. Um, Michael Lee reckons it's a great introduction to the band. Funny lyrics. I wish we had the whole gig. And uh, Leon, nice purring with Lie Dream, both about weekends. I, I noted that um, they both could potentially be about uh, stepping out and um, the lies and the dreams that we build around our uh, our free time and our, our dancing feet. But what does Tip think? That's really what we want to know. Top class, early fall, and a great document. Compared to the wonderful oddity of the previous number, it just doesn't hold a candle. He's called it. Has anyone not told me what they think? Ezra, <laughs> Ezra what does Ezra think about this? Phone him up now. He's not told me. He's on, the, he's on the train. He's moving to the forest, isn't he? We can't bother him. Um, but Max reckons the scratchy guitar and Woolworth's keyboard sound fantastic. Considering this is very much the first recording, it sets the stall out brilliantly. Uh, and then and then votes against it, as is his want. So let's take a vote. It's going to be easy, unfortunately, I think. I'm going for Lie Dream of Casino Soul, as is Michael E. and Leon and Max. So uh, done, aren't we? Lolo, what do yeah. you... Which one uh, you me too. No, no, no contest. It has to be Lie Dream, for sure. Good, good. Alistair? Uh, yeah, Lie Dream. Yeah. Phil? Horse. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in, as is Ezra, it's a, it's a, it's a easy. And Tim, let's let's give him his moment. Has to be. Uh, doesn't really. I don't know what he said. That's um, it's parts. So oh, it's just cheap. Lie dream, a hundred points. A hundred thousand points. A million <laughs> points. A million points. it. I agree with
I will never get tired of saying I was in the essence of the realm of Tong. It is beautiful. Uh, Lola, what do you make of uh, Dr. Buck's letter? Oh, no, it's great. It's 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 classic. It's definitely it's one of the the of the later period classics. And I think um, yeah, definitely the standout track from that album. Lyrically, it just goes off on one. He's to, it, you start off with this narrative about you know the the ruined friendship and the letter, and then suddenly it goes into this thing about the magazine interview with Pete Tong. It's just yeah, just and just musically, it's it's brilliant. It's it kind of there's something. Um, I, I know Marky Smith was a bit of a hip hop fan on the side. There's something definitely almost makes me think the Beastie Boys um, that kind of when they would find yeah. find a like a weird kind of sample and yeah. and uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the sequel of the prequel to Fight for Your Right to Party, the Fight for Your Right Revisited. With if the, you with never Seth have, Rogen. yes, and everyone yeah, yeah. and Susan Sarandon and mm-hmm. everyone and the. The the riff that they keep coming back to, you know, in in between scenes and that really reminds me of of this as well. It's that nice. kind of and um, also I know there's something kind of Native American about the the drum beat as well, you know. Or I don't know whether it's a cliched, um, you know, Hollywood version of Native American drums I'm thinking of or the real thing. Hmm. But that's that's kind of what. So there's a juxtaposition of a lot of uh, weird ideas musically here that really work, you know. So um, yeah. It's one of those things at once that you can't explain why it's such a great track. You know, it just gels somehow. What do you mean about the Beastie Boys? It, I was, when I was listening to this, I, I, I put the headphones on earlier on so that I could concentrate on the music because it's so easy to get distracted by what he's singing about. It's so, they're so brilliant, the lyrics, but I, I, I listened to the music and it's got that Dust Brothers kind of production, yeah. like on Paul's Boutique and stuff where it's, yeah. it's fidgety, it's doing something all the time, it's dropping things in and out. It's 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 got that real sort of dub or hip-hop kind of touch around the production, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And going back to, I guess, the earlier song, The Antidotes, which was the same group of people, you know, Never yeah. Wilding, and a, and a guy called Adam Halal, who was only around for a little while, but seems to have a big influence on that, that album. And those two albums, Marshall Sweet and Unutterable, um, and obviously the, the Beastie Boys sampled Zeppelin drums on uh, Rhyming yes, and Stealing. Yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. So it's got that same kind of big, aggressive beat kind of thing. And and the thing we always say about Smith is he could sing over anything, whether it's mm-hmm. these beautiful orchestral things or riff or, or these big beat stuff. His voice just works beautifully with it. It's mm-hmm. the, This is a really dubby, dubby synth stuff. Nice, dirty bass riffage with those beats. And it's it's kind of aged very well. Yeah. Through. Yeah, it's... It, and it, for me, it could just go on forever, that kind of riffage. And, and I guess in my mind, I, I somehow thought that Pete Tong had a different music underneath him. Somehow I got into the state that there was a break and I just it just goes through the whole thing. I don't know what's been going on in my mind, but uh, I think what you're saying there, Philip, it's so easy to get distracted by, by Smith's words. I never leave home without sunglasses. I wear them all year round. Palm Pilot is my lifetime. I think it's my PS computer. She runs my diary and I download it. And the Amex card where he just breaks out laughing about it. They made such a fuss. Yeah. 
I was in the realm of the line about the sunglasses where he says he wears them all the time. I seem to need them more. <laughs> How can you wear them all the time? We need them more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael E says, I get the impression lyrics might be quite personal, but I'm not really sure. It's about health or debt problems or possibly both. Because we know at this time, obviously, Levitate onwards, they were going through some pretty rough financial spots all the way up until probably Real New Fall LP. So that, that period of five or six years was probably tough times but um you wouldn't really get it from this other than maybe woven into the lyrics leon late period classic love the crunchy bass loops and um i always like it when mess makes mez makes himself laugh on a tune it's it is brilliant and it's breaking the cardinal rule of rock and roll right you get all these hip-hop songs where they're laughing and like, <laughs> like really fake laughs but smith's having hysterics in the middle of of, of uh, lyrics and he doesn't bother doing a retake it's uh spot on um alistair what do you reckon yeah i really like it it's a very very dubby isn't it it's, it's, it's like a, a not shit king tubby thing was <laughs> but yeah you, you, there's a bit of a like a gorilla's vibe to it or something like that um I, there's not much guitar on it but like when you do get the guitar coming through, it reminds me a little bit of Cam. Um, but yeah, the vocal delivery, it is kind of like a bit rappy. It's not singy. And, and the lyrics, it, it did stand out to me. So I ignore what I said last time about the lyrics. But yeah, they didn't distract me from the music. But all in all, it's, it's a really, really good tune, isn't it? It is indeed. It uh, mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. I think, I, you know, I, I hadn't quite written the fall off, but maybe I, I kind of felt that maybe I was losing it a little bit until I uh, I think this is the one that turned me back around onto them. But what does Pip think and, and, and his friend Tim? Uh, I just think this is really one of his best showings with with like a, a, a non analog kind of tune it's 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 better than everything on the monsoon felt album i think this, this particular track which is a, a a bit of a rash claim given old very is. bold but it's but i'll stick with it because i just think because like for you i think this album was the one that got me back into the fall it got me wanting to trek back through the albums and re-listen to or to to introduce myself to stuff that i just ignored um but because there's a few great tunes on this album. Indeed, indeed. What, what, what does Timmy think? He says, uh, we're all gushing today, aren't we? One of the best things they ever did, the filthy but somehow clean soundscape pierces slot in together perfectly, and the evocative lyrics and vocal performances are touching somehow. It's almost arranged like an EDM track, <laughs> mind-blowing stuff. I think that's the key that the lyrics are heartfelt when you, you first get bowled over by the tongue stuff and the dubby kind of stuff. And then more, the more you listen to it, there's definitely a, a kind of theme there of broken friendships and possibly ill health. The opening it. gambit on the song is one of my favorite opening lyrics of any song. Mm-hmm. I think it's just you're there instantly in this mood, mm-hmm. aren't you? And it's like, he, even though it's, I quite liked the rabbit hole that's on the annotated follower. One of the theories on there is that it's him receiving a bad letter and then trying to distract himself by reading magazines <laughs> afterwards. So, which is as plausible as anything else. And uh kind of makes sense of that weird handbrake turn the song makes lyrically where he starts becoming Pete Tong. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you can imagine him being on a train and writing this. Where he opens a letter on the train and he starts reading it, and then he gets distracted by the in, you know, the in, in Journey magazine, and he's having a few, and he's reading this thing to take his mind off the letter. There's a suggestion that it also might be referring to Poison Tree by William Blake, which opens with, "I was angry with my friend. I told my wrath. My wrath did end. I was angry with my foe. I told it not. My wrath did grow." Um, so, and he's not averse to. Um, cribbing from blake is he oh here we go let me tell what max thinks dr buck's letter brilliantly warped and noisy when the fall properly applied themselves to the sample driven approach as opposed to just playing the same loop over and over again they did amazing stuff and that's what i was going to say julia adamson talks about adam halal making this on pro tools and uh, she calls it a musical masterpiece and i i wouldn't disagree with her um i think i, I really would have liked uh, more of that stuff but this is one of those things they make a song like this they just do it once you never get anything like it again and then they move off to do something else it's uh, is it have you tried this one at all lolo or is it something that you might come onto your uh, uh, well we haven't no it's, it hasn't been on it but it's been requested so you never know the problem the problem is because now while i live in a different country we don't get together to rehearse that often so i think uh you know I think we are talking about adding a couple of songs to the mix for our next gig, which will be in London in December. Um, but this isn't on the list for this gig anyway. But yeah, it's one it's one that unsurprisingly gets gets requested. Still tickets for that gig? Oh. I imagine there is. I don't think it's even been formally announced yet. Oh, yeah. So uh, just keep an eye on the Lexington uh, website, the Lexington in London, uh, which is my favourite venue in London. Fantastic place. Uh, so yeah, it'll be, I think it's the first weekend in December anyway. That might so, be a good yeah, time yeah. to play. Um, I've got another clip, which is from the Lexington. Um, did you yeah. call it Lex Induction Hour? I think it's yes, a, version we did. Of, a version of Sparta FC. It's pretty full on, which was... Um, say, and who was... Was it uh, just a, a randomer on vocals or... Uh, yeah, I don't think it was a uh, famous person. I was uh, kind of yeah, going... Okay. Oh, yeah, this is a great go. one. I like doing this one because I get to sing on this one as well. Oh, nice! It's a chanty one, isn't it? And we, you, yeah, you got it. Yeah. That's got to be fun. I, I get to sing Elena's um, uh, vocals, and I've no idea what I'm singing. I'm just singing noises. Nice. <laughs> Let's have a listen. <laughs> And as it should it's, be, right on the end of chaos. Yeah, just about, yeah, it's because it's, it's difficult. We are trying, we can't really follow the vocalist because you're never sure exactly uh, whether they're going to get. But yeah, no, I don't, I was trying to figure out, I don't recognise the guy who was, who was being Marky Smith there, but he was doing a very good job. No, but I thought um, it was Alan McGee. Yeah. I was like, is, is it McGee up on the <laughs> yeah, vocals there? No, I don't think so, but yeah. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a 
definitely that's a very good idea a very good example of us just just about holding us together and going do we follow the vocalist do we do we just you know move into the chorus ourselves but yeah that's a really fun one to do it's great yeah. and yeah you must be you're looking around trying to trying to keep yeah. in time with the dude who's kind of got these paper in his hand like running around shouting it's, it's but he was it's doing a better job than some some people just do get up and realize that they don't know the song know the song as well as they think they do when they there isn't a guide vocal like there is on the record so yeah. um he was he was keeping it together quite well actually that's yeah. fun do, do you play in other bands as well or is this yeah um yeah i've got well my main band in dublin is called the whoop chow w-u-p-c-h-o w uh, so that's my main kind of project doing originals at the moment but um i'm also in ye nuns who are just the nuns who who play covers of the monks songs okay and uh so we we still uh, we still gig at least once a year and um, i'm also in going on a completely different tangent i'm also in joanne joanne who are an all-female joanne joanne tribute band nice um, and <laughs> so i wouldn't there's only there's a very very small um uh, meeting in the venn diagram of people who love the fall and duran duran equally yeah. and myself and, Char- and charlie stone who's in the fallen women and the nuns uh, we're we're in that small little crossover but i think there's only about two other people in the world in in that crossover <laughs> but yeah so so uh, the fallen women and the nuns would be the the ones who would gig the most often in Wow, but, that's um, cool. But hoping to get the whoop show over to over to England at some stage. Fantastic, good yeah. stuff. Shall we move on to middle class revolt? Or have I forgot to ask somebody about Doctor Buck's letter? Who knows? No, I think but, it's think it's yeah, middle class revolt. Something when you've got to ask the guests for pointers about where you are. <laughs> and and it's it's charming the oh, first couple of times, isn't it? But it, but, but six times in, it's like don't worry. I'm a, you have a lot to keep track of. You have a lot to keep track of. Yeah, well, that's very kind of you, Lola. Very kind. I don't get that kind of sympathy from these. How about some middle class revolt, Phil? <laughs> Ask me nicely. My friend. play a bit later on because it's got the best bit in it. Gonna it's that bit, it's that hook. It's amazing. <laughs> This is one of those ones where they had remixes, and I always hope when I first heard them that 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 there'd be a good fall remix out there, but they're they're not. I was going to play some, but they're just they 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 don't add anything to the song, shall we shall we say? But uh, Lola, what do you uh, make of Middle Class Revolt, the song? I have, I have a soft spot for this one. I uh, I have a very different relationship with the fall albums I have on CD and the ones I have on vinyl. So this one is one I have on CD, and it's frequently an album I'll put on while I'm doing the cooking or the washing up. And this is a really good vegetable chopping song. 
Nice. And I like to take, take um, you know, uh, uh, ironically cook the most middle-class thing I can think of while I, well, there's, you know, something with quinoa and halloumi, you know, while I'm, while I'm listening to this. <laughs> um, it's the kind of the opposite of an ironic riff, really, is it? it's quite a complex riff. You've got two, a counterpoint of two really good hooks going on yeah. at the same time. And um, and again, it's just a yeah, classic sneery, sneery Marquis Smith. Doesn't he go off on a on a tangent about C ones and and isn't that supposed to be about like the the marketing um, categories that they put different classes into? Yeah, I think, C1, I think so. I think is a yeah a C one. I think is like a you know a lager drinking football supporting you know lower middle class type person. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's great. I mean, if it's uh, like you're going to ask me in a bit, if it's up against Dr. Bug's Leisure, Dr. Bug's going to win. But it's still it's still one I do. I do have a soft spot for this one. It's a good one. Yeah, it's it's charming. Um, it, the album version for me is kind of fighting to get out. The production on, on yeah. Middle Class Revolt doesn't do it for me. But there's that, yeah, enough. the whole album, you're right. Yeah. 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 Whereas um, there's a live version of Michael E. Points to the site, 24 points, called Simon, Dave and John, where Bricks is shouting Simon, Dave and John through the, the version. Because um, I guess she joined, she rejoined not long after they yeah. made this record. And um, that's actually nice. That, that It's a bit more raw and you can, um, you can kind of hear that there's a really nice song in there trying to fight to come out but yeah the middle class are revolting smith doesn't uh he does like to tell us that people go on about europe and how great it is and they say get rid of the monarchy but when you have the middle class in charge you've got the germs for a real evil society people forget the ss weren't skinhead thugs they were doctors and lawyers and guys with a grudge give me the queen any day <laughs> Interesting. middle mass yeah phil what do you reckon it's great. I, yeah, I've got a massive soft spot for this album as well. It's um, and this is one of the better tunes on the album. I really like the the hook that I went back to, um, yeah. just because I think melodically it's so it's so pure. It's just about timing and one note. Into yeah. it. It's and it, it works perfectly. It's and that to me is the is one of the genius elements. Of is just finding that one little hook where you can take something that's fairly repetitive and bland because of that production and turn it into something memorable. Um, that's the it's the absolute genius. Sweet, sweet. I don't think Alistair's going to agree with you, Alistair. What do you think of this song? I disagree he's, with he's Philip. He's the one, aren't you? I'm just not dead keen on the LP. I think it was like that era where they kind of like lost away a little bit, lost a bit of focus. But, you know, the song develops as it goes along and you're right with that bit in the, like later on, Phil. There's some great little moments in there. I, I think I'd have preferred to have more guitar in in the mix. Like we kind of touched on the production before, like and the keys kind of like leading it uh, a little bit too much for my liking. There's a lot of snare going on, but that's not out of place. Um but yeah, it's, 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 it's all right. It's, it's effective for, for what it does. Um, yeah, functional. Right. It's a single, wasn't it? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was a single, but functional isn't. That's not a very, uh, a very exciting way to describe a song, is it, Alistair? No, it's not, Brendan. But it's what I've just done. <laughs> who Fair was enough. the person who described Ringo Starr as adequate? John Lennon. Who was the? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, this is not a place to bash Ringo. Peace and love, peace and love. 
a nice guy. He's all right, isn't he? Middle class revolt. Uh, I don't understand, says Max, why this album gets so much stick. I love it. Nice to hear a proper chorus with a hook and everything. Where Leon is that is with us, a good tune, but somewhat hidden with a swampy production. Tends to come alive a bit more and played live. What does Tim think before we take a vote? What a great question. Let's find out. So he's he's not normally particularly warm on this stuff. Better than I remember it being. Maybe a bit one note, but it's a good note. For once, the production actually suits the track, which happened early in these days. Played it quite a few times around the house this week. Shame it's against books. Aye, that's the, that's the... We'll see, though. Let's see what the numbers show us. Lolo, which way are you going? Yeah, no contest. Definitely Dr. Book. Indeed. Or Dr. Books. Oh. Hey, do we know, is it Dr. Books with a with an apostrophe after it? Or is it Dr. that seems to be written differently in different places? I would say that um, if we're being kind, Mark is playing with the ambiguities. And <laughs> yes. if, if we're being unkind, <laughs> he doesn't know how to properly punctuate. <laughs> or doesn't care. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely Dr. The good doctor, whether he's book or books, uh, definitely exactly. runs out in this case. Grammar school boy, wasn't he, Mark? Yes, yes, indeed. Past his 11 plus. Not yeah. like us lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alistair, which way are you going? Uh, middle class revolt. Only joking. Uh, Doctor Buck creases me up with that kind of humour. I feel. Which way are you going? Oh, Buck. We're wasting our time here. We've got Doctor Buck yes. wins. I'm calling it. We're not, we're not. No more of this nonsense. Stop fanning about and get to the point. All right, Doctor Buck wins, and so do the other ones that won as well. Lolo, thanks very much for, for coming very along. Welcome. It was fun. Yeah, it's been delightful. Um, yes, yeah, so you mentioned that you've got the gig coming up. Is that what what's your kind of longer term future for the fallen women? Uh, well, as as long as people want us to still do it, we will still be doing it. Um, but as I said, it's difficult because I'm living in a different country now, but um definitely a couple of gigs a year. And um, but yeah, if anyone wants to invite us back up north again, we'd we'd like to do that again too. So. It, it would be beautiful to do a fallout podcast, uh, fallen women thing, where you know these two got up and made a fool of themselves, and um... all of you were invited to be Marquis Smith at, at, at some point. Very good, very nice. Um, well, you're you're very welcome back at any time, and if Heidi's around, maybe we could get uh, the whole crew in and and um, have a chat and take some votes, but. Um, much appreciated uh, your time so thank Thanks you very, very much. much and uh, take care i'm going to play the the outro music here but everyone can just go we we'll just wave and say goodbye <laughs> okay. Okay. the magic of television phil and and now i'll see you as well take care see you Clean shaven, your mind into a light pink scarlet smooth.